war in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Best lawn ever, guaranteed. Contact Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island today. Now, you can call them, 401-392-1025. Get a quick, easy quote. The best thing to do, Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. They have a great website. It's easy, lawndoctor.com, lawndoctor.com. Then just put in your zip code, get a quick, easy a quote. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Take Get part of their premium eight service program. Early spring, spring lime, late spring, summer, Grub prevention, early fall, fall, late fall, Lawn Doctor, online at lawndoctor.com. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. It's Tuesday. It is the final day of May, and you can make it a great day if you visit Ron's Pastry Gourmet. That's right. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. They're open right now. Now, folks, unfortunately, this is... The final two weeks of Ron's Pastry Gourmet. That's right. The final two weeks, Ron has decided to retire. But in the meantime, everything baked fresh. Stop in. Thank them for all their great years of service. And on top of that, the most delicious calzones. They also have sausage and pepper. Wimpy Skippy. They also have the old-fashioned pizza strips. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Where are they located? 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Just put that in your GPS. Stop in and see them. And again... Try the uh, buffalo chicken calzones, pepperoni and cheese calzones. Also, delicious Trump 2024 chocolate donuts in the Let's Go Brandon Cupcakes. Folks, they're waiting for you right off of Silver Spring Street next to AAA in Providence. It's Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Well, folks, again, I hope everyone had a good uh, Memorial Day weekend. For those of you, if you have not seen, check out the website, dipetro.com. It was a very busy weekend. Uh, I actually worked all weekend long where I was um, on both Newsmax, but then more importantly, especially on Sunday, we had a lot of coverage. We've been doing this missing persons case. So it's now been over two weeks. It was uh, May 16th was the last time that Charlotte Lester, a woman who lives in the Warwick East Greenwich line, was last seen. People don't just disappear. And so it was uh, pretty interesting. But if you check out, and there's a lot of interesting characters uh, surrounding the case. But if you check out the website, dipetro.com. So just to retrack, um, we had a very busy uh, Friday into Saturday. And then on Sunday morning, the family of Charlotte Lester. Again, you can see the video of this. And it's all up on the website, dipetro.com. Just type in my last name, D-E-P-E-T-R-O. Dot com. It brings you right there, and um, and so on. It was it was late Saturday when the family announced they were going to do a search because there's so many people that want to get involved with this for for on Sunday. So so Sunday morning, the last place that um, on on Monday, May 23rd, just over just a little over a week ago, her this woman Charlotte Lester, her truck was found in the parking lot. At Kent Hospital, so the family felt, all right. Well, let's let's start there, and then we'll you know search some other areas. So the, there's an area of Warwick where they believe where I believe she had a dog. The dog was found. I think that's interesting, and that was off Elmwood Avenue. And then and then other people went and searched closer to. There's a house that's still a crime scene on Staples Avenue in Warwick that has the the you know the, the, which has had 24/7 police uh, guarding the home. And that has been since um, that's been since uh, a little over a week now. So this is week two of the police there and the crime scene setup. So anyhow, everyone was meeting there Sunday at ten o'clock, and they were giving distract, uh, directions. They were saying, you know, take a picture or something if you see something. They were handing out gloves, saying don't touch anything. You know, wear glove gloves if you see anything. So we're going to divide into groups. It was actually very organized. Gave out water. Gave out bug spray. And we're going to send everybody out. And it was basically going to be, you know, just for like a couple of hours. And so uh, th- there's, I posted that Saturday night. Well, one of our people that, one of the followers on my Facebook page, John DePietro Show on Facebook, where we do our live stream, saw there was going to be a search. 
And it just turned out that uh, when I was covering, there was a fatal accident on Friday night. When I was covering that, I met this very nice couple. So I saw them then. So then there they are Sunday. And, and they came. And they went, um, I think, off Elmwood Avenue for part of the search. And then just as they were about to go home, they felt, let's just go by and see if there's anybody back again. So I'm going to come back to that in a moment. But here's the thing. Just as everyone was about to leave now, it was really just a starting point. Back parking lot of Kent Hospital. And it, it was there was no one there. It's Sunday. I don't know if there's always a lot of cars there, but there were, there were no cars there. So, um, so suddenly, Kent Hospital Security showed up and started saying, you're not authorized to be here. You have to leave. Now, folks, you can see the video. I, I just thought it was wildly insensitive. I could see, let's just say, here's how I believe it should have played out. Monday, and I was there. But, okay, what is this all about? Talk to someone. Okay, you're leaving. Instead, pulled a real heavy, then called the Warwick police because I was questioning it. So I thought it was really insensitive um, and just basically kept saying, you're, you're not authorized to meet back here, even though it's not like they were loud. I would say there were 40 to 50 people. Um, it's, it's, it's not like they were taking up a lot of parking spaces or anything like that. It's a Sunday morning. It's 10 o'clock. It's the family members and friends and others that learned about it trying to find this missing woman. So I thought it was very insensitive of Kent Hospital. I don't think they handled it well. I think they could have said, kind of gotten the lay down of what this is. But it sounds like someone called someone and they just said, get them out of there. So, I mean, so much for a bedside manner. Well, anyhow, the search goes on Sunday morning. And then shortly after uh, two o'clock, right around there, the, the couple that I met Friday night at the fatal accident that saw that I posted that this search was going to take place. On their way home to Coventry, they went by Kent in the back just to see if there was anyone still milling around, if anyone found out anything. And the couple um, parked and then felt, you know, let's let's just look around. The truck was found here. So they started looking around in the back of Kent. And it's my understanding, about 150 yards from where the truck was found, thereabouts, um, they found notes, and they found notes kind of tucked into some grass clippings or tucked into something. And on the notes, it says, it was basically love notes, and the name on it is Charlotte, and then it's one of the notes is signed Love Mark. Mark happens to be the first name of the owner of the home that the police have surrounded now for over a week with the crime scene team. So they immediately call the police. Not only do work police respond, they bring five detectives and then they call in the state police canine unit. So it's a couple, several things of this. Number one, it's very clear that either they didn't do a good thorough job searching the area behind Kent Hospital. I'm talking maybe 100 yards to 150 yards from where the truck was found. So now you have a truck, and then you have someone dumped something, or the wind blew something, or I'm not sure exactly what that is. It could have blown out of the truck. It's possible. Truck was there for a little bit, or, you know, I, I don't know what to make of that. But anyhow, uh, so then as I'm filming, right, because it's war police and it's the, the state police canine unit, again, Kent Security shows up. Now, this is Sunday afternoon. I go back there. I don't remember what time it was. I'd have to check. 3, 34 o'clock. The police ended up being there for close to five hours. At least four, four and a half. Um, Kent Security wanted to kick me out of there. As I'm filming, the police and then the canine unit does a full search that I saw. Or a much better search, I should say, around in the woods behind Kent Hospital. So police did take these notes. They introduced them into evidence. What I find interesting is this the evidence was not found by Kent Security. The evidence was not found by the police or the canine. The evidence was found by a searcher, a, two, a couple, that basically went and started going around there that Sunday afternoon. So the whole thing with uh, Kent Hospital, it's, it's very odd. It's very strange. I thought it was also, as I said, really insensitive. And then 
you know, to make matters worse, then they, you know, they didn't want me there and kicked me out. And then they actually told the police that I had to leave. They called the called the police over, and the police had someone kind of unseen watching them. Um, again, you can see all this video. You don't have to take my word for it. Take, you know, trust but verify. Uh, check all the website is posted on the website, which is to petro.com. But so it's a full weekend, and suddenly here we are. It's Tuesday. So, folks, there's a lot. Obviously, the uh, the whole situation in Texas seemingly is is going from bad to worse. There was a really powerful piece in the New York Times yesterday that really covered, and I mean minute by minute, of everything as it as it went down in in Texas in that classroom. And the more we're learning about it, it's just. Um, there's just nothing good about it. I mean, it's just worse. It, that police chief remains uh, MIA. And, uh, you know, this week, I believe there's a rally, a two-way rally at the State House. Uh, I agree with those that say it is dangerous that you don't, can't, you're not supposed to legislate when there's a motion involved. But a lot of times that's when people are motivated to do something. So, all right, we'll have that and a lot more right here on The John DePietro Show time means grill time and for the best grill get a new grill stop in and see my friends jay's broadway appliance and tv j apostrophe yes broadway appliance and tv located 47 cedar swamp road that's route 5 smithfield you can call them 401-949-7800 springtime summer this is the best time to grill outside they have a great selection on grills they also have a great selection on all appliances family-run business since 1963 remember you're going to deal directly with the owner and they will match or beat any package deal when it comes to appliances do you need a new refrigerator how about a new dishwasher washing machine dryer oven microwave jay's broadway appliance look for them online at jsappliance.com also on facebook springtime summer is grill time stop in and see them they're open monday through friday from 10 to 5 you can make an appointment for more personal saturday and sunday appointments jay's broadway appliance and tv 401-949-7800 better yet drive in and see them 47 cedar swamp road route 5 in smithfield folks you are listening to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's a.m 1380 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, petro.com. It's time for our segment politics this week. Joining me, he is the managing editor at anchorising.com. It is our friend Justin Katz. And uh, Justin, obviously the story I want to start off with it has uh, just dominated the national conversation. And then it's also led to local conversations as well. But there's a lot of politics involved with it. And it has to do with the uh, Texas school shooting so I'd like to start off and just get some of your thoughts on on what happened and then some of the political ramifications, reactions to it and how things are playing out locally. Well, the I mean, on a summary of what happened, I mean, it's just a horrible, horrible thing to have happen, a nightmarish scenario. And it, it does happen way too frequently. Um, it's it, it's really points to one of those just really complicated uh issues we have right now in our country. And, and that's one of the things I find striking on the political front is how much, especially here locally, where we don't have, where we already have pretty stringent gun control, particularly compared with Texas, how yeah. much the, the, the advocates just will behave as if all the answers are obvious and all, all we have to do is just pass more gun laws and that'll solve everything. I mean, even, even people, moderate Ken Block, who actually ran as a Republican for governor and, and Dan McGowan with the Boston Globe, who, who, although always, he's always been pretty openly progressive to my mind is reasonable. And you can talk to him and he sees multiple sides to problems, but even he had a column where, you know, he makes it sound as if all these progressive policies are just obvious. And the only reason people that they're being held back is political and special interests. And, and it's not like that at all. I mean, it's, it's just the tragedy of the situation is that it, it, you can't really, it, it, there's no defense, you know. It's it's sort of like, uh, you, you know, if you do the research of all of the the different 
the different contributions to or all of the different school shootings. All the weapons are different. Sometimes it's handguns. Sometimes it's uh, it's rifles. Sometimes it's shotguns. There've been some where it's been TNT. Um, often, sometimes the, the shooter has bought the guns himself. Sometimes the person like in the uh, the person kills uh like in in connecticut kills the gun owner and takes it it's been sometimes it's been uh former police officers guns have been taken from them and used in these instances so the the gun itself is not going to solve it and the only the only consistent factor is the lack of fathers in the homes of young men and just the the disconnect from from society and their communities and i think that's where the the focus has to be but it's the one place progressives don't want to go because that's that undermines their entire political ideology the the idea that we need to encourage nuclear families and strong communities and even you know gasp you know, church attendance and that kind of thing. And that's that's the only solution. And I, I think we see in the politics of it, particularly uh, Joe Biden on the very day going out and, and making it sound as if the NRA is yeah. to blame. I mean, it just just horrible for people to, to take it in that direction. But we see it in spades in Rhode Island because we're just so far left that it becomes a, a political theater opportunity. Now, Justin, locally, I mean, on something like this, when you have, you know, Governor McKee in Joe Sakachi, the speaker, you, you wonder within the circle if Senate President Dominic Ruggiero, who does have a primary, um, they certainly have it within their power if they wanted to. Like we we witness and watch what they do when they do want to get something across the finish line and make something happen. Um, they they certainly right could if there was any state that could just jam something through, it would it would be this state. Um but here we are now, you know, the final, this is where they, they want to kind of, I think, get out of there in the next two weeks. Uh, do you think there's enough of an appetite in, you know, McCree, uh, Mc, Mc, Governor McKee feeling pressure with his primary and then uh, Dominic Ruggiero, Joe Sakachi, not so much. But do you think there's actually enough momentum that they may try to pass some kind of comprehensive ban here in, in Rhode Island? Uh, you know, it's possible. I'll I'll be a little surprised. I mean, one thing I mentioned, Dan McGowan, one thing he, he suggests is that the gun lobby is not strong enough in Rhode Island to prevent it. I'm not sure that's correct because, I mean, there's so much uniformity. You know, it's all Democrats, for example. There's so much uniformity in Rhode Island that some issues like this are all the differentiation you need. And we've seen recently Ruggiero has... I mean, he was he was out there with the equal pay for women a few years ago, you know, embracing progressives um, and um, and he's backed off that some and actually gone after the progressives in, in the last wow. year. So so I think his eye is on his differentiation, which is, you know, he, he can't afford to lose votes as the progressives come on strong on other issues. So, I mean, I th- in some regards, I think the progressives are, I mean, they're, they're ideologues, so they're going to do this, but I think they're too aggressive on all their issues. They're, unless you're perfectly with them, you're, you're evil and you've got to go, you're too conservative, or, or as Sam Bell might say, you're a horrifically conservative. Uh, and when you use that rhetoric, on and on and on and on you you can't just say okay pass this gun bill and we'll leave you alone Ruggiero you know it's not going to happen so he knows he's got to have other bases of support so I I think we'll see we'll see some of that um some of that pushback so I'm not I I don't think we'll see anything dramatic and frankly a lot of the I'm not convinced uh that this is a broadly broad-based issue. I mean, you get you get the class of, of students walking out of school and, and going to the state house to protest. It, it's part of a national movement. So it's clearly not something somebody local decided, hey, let's do this. It's a it's a it's an activist driven thing, which, you know, thanks, Republican Brian Newberry for your project based civics bill. This is what that is. Um, but the so th- there's this kind of movement that's pushing and it was obviously chomping at the bit. Uh, I think they hesitated a bit when it wasn't a white supremacist who did the shooting. Um, and maybe they would have buried it like they did the Christmas uh, massacre with the car, uh, the Christmas parade massacre. But um, if it if it hadn't been, you know, AR-15s and all that. But but I think you see a lot of heat on, on Twitter. <laughs> you see a little bit less on Facebook, which is a slightly older, sometimes slightly more, more conservative crowd. Um, 
you see the activists all up in arms and the journalists who are really just Democrat and progressive activists for the most part. But I'm not hearing a whole lot in the community of we've got to do something, we've got to do something. So I, I'm not sure there's salience to this issue once you get past that sort of inner echo chamber. Folks, again, uh, segment is politics this week with me. is Justin Katz, managing editor at anchorizing.com. Someone who, um, you know, someone that you would think I anyway in the past may have dominated on a story like this would have been Congressman Jim Landrigan, who, you know, he was just a freshman. He was going to enter his freshman year at Hendricken when he was he was a war police cadet. And his life obviously was altered when uh, one officer was showing another officer a new weapon he had gotten. And they didn't know that there was a gun in the chamber. It went off, ricocheted off a uh, a locker. And then that, you know, that's how he ended up you know, the way he is in his current physical state. And in the past, um, it's interesting. He, he kind of would have been put out a little bit. It's like, here's the type of individual, you know, you use as kind of the poster child, if you will, for, for, for gun safety, gun control, whatever people want to call it. But um, maybe it's just a reflection, Justin, that he's, Langevin's not part of like the progressive crowd. It's not, cool enough in the past they may have you know invited him to even speak at the state house one of these rallies but i just get the sense that the sand belt here in mac that langevin is just not you know not their cup of tea certainly and, and i'm sure it doesn't go the he's probably not too keen on his way out to be wading into any um yeah into any very controversial issues i mean i'm sure he's got his career move lined up and uh he doesn't he doesn't need to be facing controversy at this point and actually you know you as you mentioned it the incidences of his his injury it, it, i'm not sure it plays clearly with something like this i mean a big part of the story in 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 Texas, as well as say in Parkland is that the, the police were there and didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, and so his injury being derived from a, a police ac- related accident yeah. is not necessarily in, in the, in the narrative that they, they want. But I, I would say it's more that, as you say, the, the progressives, they're, they're just purists or ideologues yeah. or extremists. Right. And so they don't want to, they don't want to muddy it with, with somebody who might be even hints of moderate uh and then you know i'm sure he doesn't want that controversy on his way out the door just finally do you you think this has any play in our elections coming up i think i think possibly in the cd2 race uh i think the media would be on the side of whoever the democrat nominees sure seems like it's going to be south magazine there um we'll see about the alan fung bob lancia bob lancia i got two releases from him in the last two weeks that's the most life the campaign has shown um just as as far as the the you know local the statewide elections, I, I you know Ashley Kalis, I think that they're going to have a tough time trying to pin on her, you know that she's some kind of a a, a Second Amendment big advocate. Um, I I saw that the challenger for Attorney General Peter Rona was trying to take a jab at him to say you know enforce our our current laws, but do you see have this having any impact on the fall elections? Locally, I, anyway, I, mean, I think minimal. the Texas governor's race is definitely perfect, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, nationally it does have some. Locally, I I don't think so. I mean, Magaziner, assuming he's the candidate from the Democrat side, will, will might get some play saying Alan Fung is going to protect the NRA or something like that. Um, put and put a little pressure on Fung. I that might be that's probably extent of it. I think once they get out of the legislative session, particularly those where where the the major race is in the primary among Democrats. You know, once once the legislation legislative session's over, they can all talk whatever talk they need to talk. You know, and and they'll they'll all be pretty uniform in their their support. None of them are going to be full throated NRA advocates or Second Amendment advocates. So I I don't know that they'll they'll have much to say about that. And I, I think it goes back to what I said a little earlier. Once somebody like say somebody like Matt Brown is on going to be on McKee and on whoever the, the more moderate Democrats are on everything. It's not, you know, so, so the gun issue is just going to get lost in, in every issue where supposedly any moderation is off is, is horrific. You know, the housing, poverty, food, healthcare, it's just the, the, the list is endless. So there, I don't know that they'll get much additional play from, from a mildly, from a gun issue. That's, that's really at this point, not, 
really relevant in Rhode Island specifically because we have a lot of the laws people are calling for yeah, in Texas. Anything, one of the safer states. Uh, folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. RE Coogan and Heating. Folks, call them today at 401 732 6562. It's Coogie. RE Coogan and Heating for plumbing, heating, and cooling listing. As we're transitioning right now from spring into summer, you want to make sure your cooling unit is going to serve you and your family, your employees well this summer. RE Coogan and Heating. As Coog says, we're helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Explore our services. Let us into your home. Don't fix it alone, whether it be for plumbing, maybe a hot water tank. Call R.E. Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562, 401-732-6562. Hot water tanks, and especially, let's make sure your cooling units are ready for what's going to be a hot summer. Look for them online, recooganheating.com, and also on Facebook, R.E. Coogan and Heating, 401-732-6562. Our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor at AnchorRising.com. Justin, before we uh, talk about our next topic, I want to give you a moment just to uh, kind of give a plug, walk people through a little bit about Anchor Rising, how they can access this, um, how they can, what they're going to find when they log on, and in uh, just anything else that you'd love to request of of people that enjoy our conversations and enjoy your work. Oh, great. Thank you. Um, well, AnchorRising.com, uh, it's spelled like it sound, one word. Um, we've been around for oh, about 20, almost 20 years now, uh, wow. just basically as a as a, a alternative, mainly for opinion. Uh, we, we try to do analysis and, and original reporting when we can, but, you know, it's kind of a low budget affair. So, you know, anybody with a lot of money wants to really ramp up its power, that'd be that'd be great. But um it's it's really just a somewhere else. Uh, we caught the early wave of blogging in the early yeah. zeros, and um, just just somewhere to get a, a contrary opinion. And that is so it's so absent now. I mean, when we started, even uh, say Ed Acorn and before him Bob Whitcomb of the Providence yeah. Journal, just would would go out and seek alternative opinions. And the, not only are a lot of those forums disappearing, but to the extent they're not, they're they're just not willing to publish uh, alternative ideas. I mean, the Boston Globe will not respond to me <laughs> if I, I say, "Hey, I've not been from somebody with a different view." And so, Anchorizing is really about providing that forum. Um, there's there are multiple sections, so you know we we try to get up original content every day uh we could anybody who wants wants a forum we accept submissions from folks who want to try writing uh try their handwriting and offering their opinion uh, and there's also a section on the side we call ripples which is just sometimes when when you don't want to feed the the social media beast like on twitter and you, you but you just want to have somewhere to, to express quick opinions about things that's what that's all about on the sidebar there uh, and that that's really it we're just trying to provide provide that alternative and, and dig into things a little bit differently. A lot of the times, you know, especially lately, I find progressives and, and even moderates, they just won't, they ignore you. If, you. if your point is reasonable, they ignore you uh, and you disagree with them. If, if you're wacky, they love to promote that to their friends that you're wacky. But if you're reasonable and you disagree, they ignore you because they don't want to deal with it. And that creates a real big challenge for people who, who, who want to find it, that, that reasonable alternative uh, perspective from a more conservative angle. And, and that's what we try to provide at anchorizing.com. Folks, our segment is politics this week. With me, as you heard, is Justin Katz. Justin, your reaction to this headline, Providence Journal, do poll numbers spell trouble from the key? They have 40, 40% of voters undecided despite low, employ, low unemployment. There's definitely something there. I'm going to start off and just say they may be undecided. I, I don't think people are undecided on him. Um, I, I have different thoughts on it. I, 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 there's just something lacking. Uh, to me, it's, it's a little bit that and this isn't the best analogy, but I, I just think a lot of voters almost consider him they like the high school boyfriend, but <laughs> – like there's got to be someone better out there than just, you know, marrying someone that you, you you dated in high school, or at least at this point, people are hopeful that there could be someone. He's just kind of there, and he's around. But I I get the sense that people, saying, 
you know, and, and the, by the way, the person, the candidate they want may not exist, but I just know, I think the poll numbers reflect that he, he's just having a, a difficult time closing the deal. I mean, and I think, by the way, I think he's doing everything he possibly can. I think he's functioning at the highest level he possibly can, but I just, I get the sense that people think that there's got to be a better alternative out there. I'm anxious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I I think that's right. I mean, he does okay among people who will vote for the incumbent Democrat. I mean, that's basically all he's got. But I like your analogy. He's almost like he's the he's the standby date to the prom. (laughs) Like, all right, he's he's more like my my friend in yeah. He's got a rival car. Families know each other. You know, it's whoever it is. I won't necessarily be embarrassed by him on a dance floor at the prom, but I have a great time, but you're hoping and holding out yeah. that the more exciting guy asked you to the prom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I think that that's a good analogy. There's a great line in the movie, something about Mary when, when he asked the, the girl to go and, and then she's like, definitely, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Governor, definitely, maybe. Maybe that should be yeah. his slogan. Definitely, maybe. But even you know, even when he was lieutenant governor, uh, gearing up to compete against Gina Raimondo in an election, you know, he would he would try to rally b- business owners outside, and he he didn't wasn't very successful at that. It no. was kind of ignored, and it was partly that she ignored him deliberately. But it was yeah. partly just he couldn't muster that. And I think it's you don't know where he stands. Yeah, at least right. that's my reaction. And I think that's that's re- reflected in his poll numbers. Progressives are going to want somebody else. So most of his game since he got into office was to try to keep the teachers' unions, the progressives, which is largely the same thing, on on his, you know from attacking him too much. And so he's focused on that. But that leaves those people unsatisfied because they know. You know, deep down that it's it's just a show and at the same time nobody who disagrees with those that crowd can can really trust in him you know the, he he's offered no moderation at all he's 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 not been impressive on business or, or taxes or there's no area where you think okay he's solid there school choice for example you know he was he's maybe slightly less aggressive than Raimondo on that but that was one of the big issues that made him him somewhat known around the state when he was mayor of uh, Cumberland because he brought in the mayoral academies as a school choice option uh, that's that that's somewhere he's kind of folded completely on and I think that's that's why he he's he's not he's not strong on any issues and it, it folds into his, his attitude as we, we talk almost weekly. There's some instant incident where, or instance where he should take a strong stand and he doesn't, or, or he, he settles on some talking point that, you know, who will have the courage to cover it when I'm exonerated or whatever it was, you know, uh, that, that he thinks is better than it is. So his instincts aren't good and he's, he's not strong on any issue, any issues. So he's, he's not defined. So it, it, that it presents that, yeah, that, that, that definitely may be kind of candidate where, eh, you know, there, he might be safer than somebody who's actually bad, you know, who's, who's actively bad. And, and that's basically it. And, but I, I think he benefits from Rhode Island where he, from in race after race, you look and there's just nobody who makes you think, okay, I'm comfortable with this person. This person's going to do a great job. Uh, it's all degrees of badness and, and mediocrity. I mean, look at Jorge Alors and, Providence, somebody who never should have been a mayor of a right. big city. Never. I mean, he had no never. qualifications. No. And, and, and just think of the fact that McKee almost lost to lieutenant governor race to Regenberg, a kid yeah. out of Brown, a far left radical oh, out of Brown, who would, have, yeah. who would have been governor. I mean, that's, yeah. although may, I sometimes wonder if even Raimondo would have said, I can't do that to my state. I'm not taking that's the right. job. Right. Yeah. But that's how, how shallow our candidate pool is and so you get that you get to where the best option is the one who's not going to embarrass you on a dance floor maybe i mean that's basically that's basically where we are and it's kind of disappointing because it's it shouldn't be that hard to muster some degree of competence or backbone to stand out in that kind of a field but apparently it is folks quick break much more ahead politics this week justin katz managing editor anchorising.com right here on the john DePietro show J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years experience. 
specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month, they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. Even as politics this week, with me is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. Justin, I want to stay because there was a gubernatorial forum uh, Friday, although Helena folks did not make it because she admitted she came down with COVID, which I think is interesting because I think, you know, in one of her ads, she mentioned she's a cancer survivor. And normally that would be, Okay, that's, you know, an inspiring story, maybe even relatable. But I I heard some chatter from some of the campaigns that maybe leery of her that they start to gin up like, oh, she came down with COVID. She's a cancer survivor. That could, you know, be more serious. I think that's interesting that that someone chose to share. Right. She didn't have to share her story about being a cancer survivor. She did. And you wonder about um, maybe, you know, and I'm not saying that anyone's holding that overhead, but just somewhere down the line that that could um, rise again. But I I view her so she didn't make the forum. But with 40 percent undecided, I view her as where this race is right now, as we're about to enter June, is that Helena folks, Seth Magaziner left the race. So the window of opportunity is right there. And to me, people know Nellie Gobea. They're just not sold on Governor McKee. To me, the candidate and the campaign that's just not threading the needle. She's not making the case. And she may not be able to, by the way. But to me, that missing ingredient is Helena Folks. Because by all accounts, she should be the one that is just on the move. She's the alternative. She, as she says, I'm not a lifetime career politician. She did have success in business. But there's something... Granted, maybe they could argue they just haven't, you know, got out enough to get people known. And, you know, it's true that a lot of this race is going to go to another level when we hit Labor Day, but or into August. But I look at it as she just has not made the sale because it's it's there for the picking. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of truth to that. And I, th- I think it's for some of the same reasons that McKee's in trouble. I mean, uh, if you if you look at at least Kathy Gregg's coverage of the, the forum yeah. you mentioned, it sounded largely like Matt Brown versus McKee. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that's sort of the the crazy radical who will say yeah. anything and, and wants to, to ban local zoning, for example, uh, and and buy the uh, the Superman building for low income housing with taxpayer money is basically what he's implied. Um it's it, that against the you know the, the maybe good enough somewhat moderate governor with a little bit of administrative experience and that's a challenging landscape if, so i think that the forum probably helped mckee by by making it look like that and so the question for a candidate like folks who is a business person uh and ought to be able to play on that is where do i fit in this and yes. so far she's at least from what i've seen she's no tried way. to yeah well yeah. she's tried fit in and go along with the radicals with the progressives and say i'm one of you and but she hasn't really offered that any evidence that she can offer the more moderate business savvy administrative person that mckee's kind of by default filling and i think that's the challenge is a lot of the democrats right now don't know where to stand and that might be partly because of just outside influence of progressives on twitter and in the media uh they don't they don't they can't see how strongly a moderate position would would pull would actually pull if people felt like they could talk about their real feelings so i i think she just can't find her footing and so she's not no. letting as long as she might otherwise be and i want people to understand we are talking about this is the former former head of cvs but i think that's a good they're not finding that footing and let's face it in in this recent poll you know matt brown's at six percent she's at five percent that daniel Monin's at two percent in other words the campaign is nowhere I mean, I, we're trying to be generous here, but until you hit double digits, 
Uh, if you're 1% below Matt Brown and then he's dominating a forum like that, the campaign is nowhere. And as I was saying to someone, you know, there's no guarantee that it ever goes anywhere. Uh, I know everyone talks about the amount of money that she has and going up on television. Um, I, I'm going to argue again, you know, the weather, people are not watching television. I mean, if, if you want to be in the news, everyone's going to be in the news uh, after a while. You can't just run ads in local news because then it just starts to – I think people start to tune it out. I think it's a challenging landscape. But I'll say this. So far – now, she was okay at the Crown Plaza Forum. Okay. And, you know, she was – I thought best when she started saying that when she was recruiting people to come work at CBS in the headquarters in Woonsocket – they their first choice was they all wanted to live in Massachusetts so they could send their children to the public schools in mass. And then even if they had to commute a half hour, uh, none of the people that she was recruiting wanted to live in Rhode Island because the public school system. But what is is lacking and you're exactly right. But then she then pivots into the talking points that all the progressives use. So it's like yep. she doesn't you know, right. She doesn't have a plan. And, and prior to Governor McKee becoming. The governor, when he, the, the way he kind of made his name a little bit was these mayoral academies, right? He was this guy from Cumberland, and and they started doing that. But but then he, he folded, you know, like a tent as soon as he became governor and gave the Providence Teachers Union a new contract and really didn't change anything other than kind of buy them off. So I, go ahead. Matt Brown no, no, is no, definitely no. to me like the loud – he kind of reminds me actually of uh, Bill de Blasio. I mean he is – He's he's going to come off as just like the loud mouth at the end of the bar. And it, unless unless Governor, Mc, I think the interesting thing is to watch how Governor McKee handles Matt Brown. And if and he's got to be able to swat him away and not because I think Brown clearly gets under his skin a little bit. But go ahead. Oh, certainly. I mean, he, McKee actually had a decent line saying that while he would, while Brown was out playing in a tent <laughs> by the state yeah. house, he was actually trying to fix the problem. So I, I think McKee's got some opportunity, and that's why I think Brown helps McKee in the long run. Um, but uh, but the complication is for somebody like folks, and you know, you can go back a little bit. The thing that made Gina put, put aside what made McKee's name, which was you know mild in Rhode Island, but what made Raimondo was her pension reform with a willingness yes. to go up against what everybody knows is wrong in the state. And she, she took a lot of heat from the unions that she had to try to repair later as her career expanded, but that was what made her name. And so I think you get that with folks, but I think we're, we're what now 10, 15 years later. And I think that the political landscape has changed. So it's not only, are you going, if you try to take to go after public schools and improve them, for example, if you take a non-progressive stance on just about anything, you're not only going to get the wrath of the unions and the progressives, but the news media has completely dropped the veil on on its own progressiveness. And not only that, but the elites of our country at this point, the people, folks and all them hang out with are are it's fashionable to be radical. And so anything she might say will, will affect her social life probably. So I, I think that's the, the problem they have is they can't articulate, they can't be the reasonable, intelligent people they are, and they can't articulate the solutions reasonable, intelligent people would put forward because reasonable, intelligent people have convinced themselves that they have to behave like radicals who, who don't understand how the world works. And I think that's, that's ultimately the problem she's going to face. I mean, her education yeah. program shows, shows an interest in this issue, but no real solutions. It was just, you know, uh, you could probably find a thousand reports just like hers where we need somebody to take a bold stand on something. And so I think folks has got to con- have to decide really quickly how much she wants to actually be governor and how much this is just a fun thing to do with her money and and get a little have something to do this year uh, and if she wants to risk some of her you know creds among progressives and maybe get a, a, a crooked look at a, a, a cocktail party here or there in Rhode Island she's going to have to pick an at least one issue and just really be differentiated and show that she can advocate for something different yeah. that will have an effect I'm not sure it's going to work because, you know, you bring up a great point and people need to be reminded. Gina Raimondo, first office, right? She was elected November 2010. She took over in January and she was on a mission in those first three years that she was general treasurer. And she you think about it, Justin, she bulldozed right over uh, a weak governor in Chafee with pension reform. And I remember seeing an interview 
where she was saying, you know, people say it's not fair. Well, let's talk about what's not fair. Is it fair that a third grader, you know, and these are cut and a fourth grader and that she was compelling. That's what really also, by the way, got her on the radar of Mike Bloomberg. You want to talk about a different Democrat. And I was cheering her on. I was her biggest mm-hmm. fan. They were, you know, that ended up costing me. That's why, you know, the unions really went after me. The one I was defending was General <laughs> Treasurer Gina Raimondo. I remember she did this interview on Newsmakers. I should try to find it. It was it was remarkable. I was like, boy, we have never seen anyone like this. But she was also using her office of General Treasurer. She firmly believed in it. And she was able to. You think about that. She was able to get that passed against unbelievable opposition of the teachers unions took them to school and beat them on their own turf. Now, granted, she's paid the price. They did not forgive her. They went on a clay pell. They, and instead, they ended up taking out Angel Tavares. They, they, they went after the, you know, cost of the, Angel Tavares was leading in the primary initially against uh, Gina Raimondo. But the problem with folks to me is she still sounds like she's reciting lines. Like you ask a question and I just, and it could be biased, but it's like in my mind, she's like, oh, good. I, I know the answer to that one. You know, it's mm-hmm. almost like when you watch the uh, the people like on a quiz show or something or a game show, they're like, oh, good. I know that one um, or, or something like that. But I um, I think the the opportunity is there. Finally, let's get back to not get back to. But just I'll tell you, Justin, Norley Gorbea, I. Seth Magazine are leaving the race. Helena folks unable to mount a strong campaign and Governor McKee, just so many scandals. And you think of his solution, everything is just throw money and buy, try to buy people off. And he's, by the way, McKee's really wrapped himself in the partnership with Lieutenant Governor Savita Matos. I'm not sure how much she helps him, uh, but they're all in on that because now he even has their pictures together in the profile pic. We've never seen that before. I also noticed last week, I put it out, that was the first time we saw this. Actually, it was this weekend that they put out Sue, um, Sue McKee had her own press outlet where she went out and was making an appearance somewhere. We, we haven't seen that from her. Uh, granted, Gina Raimondo used to have her husband, Andy, sit on stage and they'd take questions from from children. But uh, Stephanie Chafee certainly never really did anything like that. Sue Kachiri had an office at the state house, but that was the first time we saw uh, Sue McKee was doing her own separate, you know, so they, they, to me, they're going right now. They see where the polls are. They see the clock is ticking, meaning the McKee campaign. And he is in full campaign mode, realizing, like, we, we need to do something to try to turn the ship around. But Justin Katz, if Nellie Gobea continues, I think it's, to me, it's more of the failure of folks in McKee more than that Nellie Gobea is just lighting it up and is, you know, really uh, coming into her own as a candidate. I, I think that's right. I mean, she she is she does have some national attention, say, from Emily's list. You know, yes. she, she's got some of the progressive stuff. And so she's got to be ho- hoping or, or maybe waiting for Matt Brown to, to toss in the towel, which I don't think he necessarily will. He would if he were on in it for oh, politics, no. he's, but he's, but he's, he's, he's there. He's yeah. in it for the stage. So oh, without yeah. him in the race, she might actually have pulled ahead in that last poll. Yes, because I think that's where that vote would go. But but I think, yeah, it's it's she she is kind of in that you know, shadow pool of candidates she's kind of a default she checks a lot of the boxes minority yeah. woman state hold state office holder etc uh and I, I think she would she would be she'd be competent to, to take on mckee in a race like this but I, it's definitely she I, I don't see anything anything really different or inspiring coming out of out from her so i, I think that's she has some opportunity there too although she's got more risk than say the single digit ones like folks um, but she, she, I think that's what it looks like they're going to do is try to ride through and hope that the, the winds kind of toss in her favor, which is probably why McKee's scrambling to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah. And also, she's got an easy name, right? Just the one to Nelly. Uh, <laughs> granted, it's McKee. It's Matt Brown. And then uh, and, and folks, it's the, the folks campaign. So I'm, I'm waiting to see them really because even then. You know, she's Helena folks, but then you go to her social media, she's Helena Bonanno folks. She decided to bring back her maiden name, even though she never used it, I don't believe, when she was at CBS. Um, so I, I also think, um, you know, if, if this voting bill, 
passes and which it, it did. And if Governor McKee signs this and it fully does pass in the next two weeks, um, I, I think he's, you know, really signing it over to her. But more importantly, that will start early voting August 20th. So that to me means that, you know, August will really be, well, this thing will be jump-started and even earlier. And that's really going to be a challenge because I think because of COVID, and, and people do want to be outside and people television is just so lacking right now. I think it's going to be tough to to reach the masses. Folks, he is the managing editor of AnchorRising.com. It is Justin Katz. Justin, great job as always. I always enjoy politics this week. And we'll talk to you again. Oh, thank you, John. It's highlight of my week. Propane Plus. For heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508 252 3359 in rhode island propane plus number 401-885-4209 it's the johnson family it's propane plus the leading full service provider of propane to rhode island and southeastern mass not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries but they can service your entire heating cooling system and install any propane or natural gas appliances locations in east greenwich and also in rehoboth remember propane plus is energy for everyone it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and also now it's renewable online at propaneplus.com propane plus heating and cooling in massachusetts call the rehoboth office 508-252-3359 and in rhode island 401-885-4209 you can depend on propane plus to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm remember you can always listen online at our website dipetro.com folks visit the website on the website you'll see all our links to social media whether it's facebook or youtube instagram even tiktok plus you if you want to reach me that's the best way to do it we have unique original stories videos content log on right at the website dipetro.com Brothers Disposal. Call them today, 401-688-0517. Brothers Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway. You can clean out unwanted belongings. Maybe clean out your garage. Clean out your basement. Clean out your attic. Old toys. Old things you don't even use anymore. Old furniture. It's so much easier when you have a dumpster delivered right to your home, and then they'll take it away when you're done, whether it's for a weekend, for a week, for a month, Brothers Disposal. Call Brother Roland today at 401-688-0517. 401-688-0517. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal. Look for them on Facebook. They have those purple dumpsters. They're also now offering weekly trash collection services. Call Brothers Disposal today, whether it's a small household construction project or maybe just cleaning out some unwanted belongings. Get a dumpster in your driveway or business. Brothers Disposal, 401 401- 688-0517. Portion of the program brought to you by the Coesed Inn. Check them out on the website, depetro.com. The Coesed Inn, or Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Located 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. Whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge, whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers, there's always a great crowd. You can link directly to them, and gift certificates are available. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick.